Welcome back to another episode of the Sex Mancers Podcast. Yes, I am back with another week's episode. All right, so last week I was going ahead and I was telling you about how I had to realize what wasn't working and things that I needed to cut out out of my daily, you know, production routine, things that I was investing a lot of time in and really wasn't getting much benefit out of and how I needed to make the switch because there were other things I was doing that was making a lot more money. Right? And going through and trying to, you know, explain all of that and going through, you know, what the process was. And even though I was recognizing it, you know, it was still hard for me to go through and actually do. I kept trying to figure out ways to justify continuing on. Well, you know, it's amazing how that translates to other areas of our lives where we see things that are not working and yet we keep trying to keep doing the same things over and over and over again and somehow expecting a different result. I mean, that is the definition of insanity. And it's not just in our careers or our side hustles that we come across this. It happens throughout all aspects of life. How many of you are in a relationship right now where you're not fully satisfied or you keep coming across the same problems over and over and over again? And you keep talking about the same issues, the same, we need to fix X, Y, Z. And then you never get around to doing it. And a month later, two months later, you're right back to where you were trying to figure out, well, we already agreed that we needed to stop doing this or we needed to start doing something. And then you never got around to it. You fell into the trap of habits and habits can be very hard to break, but unless you change your habits, you're not going to be able to change your relationship. You're not going to be able to change what you need to change. You know, recognizing that there's a problem, or recognizing something's not working is only half the issue. Taking action on it is the, I would say, the bigger issue, the other half of the problem and the hardest of the problem. You know, we see so many people out there, right? They're financially broke. You know, they're just struggling paycheck to paycheck in order to try and you know, get through, you know, for their basics, food, water, transportation, you know, utilities. But yeah, at the same time, they got all these toys, all these electronics. They got, you know, tablets, smartphones. They got game systems, big screen TVs, you know, ultra high definition TVs. And yet at the end of the month, they're always broke and they can't figure out why. Well, it's because they spend all their money. And they're trying to medicate their sorrow. And unless they change their spending habits, they're never going to win with money. You see how this all translates into various aspects of your life? You know, your financial life, your career life. Well, the same is true for your sex life. The same is true for your relationship. If you want to get different results, you have to take different actions. Now, it, it it is pretty sad out there 
I got to tell you, I came across uh, this article here, which was about a survey that was done, you know, a research survey on relationships and couples. And it was very interesting what they came up with, you know, what they had found out in all of their research. Now they were doing a research for a book. Okay. You know, whatever. I don't really care that it was for a book, but what I care about is the finding of the research. So what had gone on is in this, they had surveyed 4,000 people, 4,000 people in a survey. All right. So I, I'm going to think about, uh, putting a link to this in uh, the show notes. So if you want to read the results of the survey, uh, you can do so. All right. So they found that out of 4,000 people surveyed, 79% of them, you know, reported that they had a fantasy or a sexual desire that they wanted uh, to engage in, but only one quarter of them had actually done so. So think about this, about three quarters of more than three quarters, just north of three quarters of the people talked about having a sexual desire that they wanted to enact with their partner, but only one quarter of them actually did so. That means two quarters of the population based off of the survey have a sexual fantasy or desire that they want to act out, and yet they haven't. They haven't gone through and been able to, you know, engage in that particular sexual activity. Now, it also goes on to further explain, you know, where has people's sex lives fallen short? Well, a lot of the respondents said that they don't feel as close to their partner sexually as they would like. You want to know how you can solve that? Have more sex. You know, <laughs> just go, hey, I want to have more sex. You know, because sex and sexuality, you know, builds intimacy. Now, I know, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, reverse for men and women. For men, sex leads to being more intimate and more responsive to emotion, whereas for women, being responsive to emotion leads to more sexual intimacy. Okay, well, you know what? Somebody needs to take a step here, and the operating theory of the show is, if you're listening to this show, it's because you're a woman, and you're wanting to figure out how to improve your relationship. Because I can give women advice all day on the how they can build relationships or improve their relationships with the men in their life. But if I understood women nearly as much as I wish I did, I would be a billionaire writing the books. You know, it would be one of those, well, we won't get too much into that, right? But, you know, that's always been the theory or the operating principle of the show. Now, that doesn't mean I'm clueless about women, you know, and how they think, but I don't have the, you know, ins and outs of how the female brain fully works and functions. I, I, I don't have that lifetime experience. I have the lifetime experience of how the male brain operates. Right? But if you're wanting to go through and, you know, be closer sexually with your partner, one of the things that you do is you just start having more sex. Now, I know I'm saying that as if, oh, that's just easy. But some of you are dealing with problems out there, you know, where your partner, you know, your husband 
has a low libido or he's just tired and stressed. But hopefully, if you've gone back and listened to the archives of all the shows I've produced, you've already figured out ways in which you can get around that, ways to solve that problem and engage more sexually. Now, which goes to number two, you know, in the survey is that people reported that they want to have more sex than they are. So think about this. You know, you want to have more sex. Your partner wants to have more sex, but you're not having more sex. Why? Well, you know, it could be because of that whole, you have fantasies that are not being fulfilled sexually because you're not actually acting on them and you're not bringing them up and telling your partner about it. And both men and women reported wanting the sex they are having to last longer than it usually does. You know, it's one of those situations where one of you is getting off pretty quickly. And usually that's probably the man. All right. I hate to point it out there, but women take a lot more time to warm up. But, you know, there are some exceptions to that where there are some women out there who orgasm within the first couple of minutes. Now, maybe it's because you're not really getting it much and you have, and you're very pent up sexually and therefore you can't last very long. Okay. That, that could be, or maybe it's because, you know, the man just isn't lasting very long. Okay. That is all, you know, an issue, you know, uh, that we can, you know, go through and talk about in future episodes. But it's interesting how this survey is coming about here. You know, people not going through and acting on their sexual desires, don't feel sexually close, want it more often, and want it to last longer. What is wrong with this country? I mean, think about it. There used to be a time when this country, when the youth, you know, what what I'm saying is teenagers through people, you know, throughout their 30s and, you know, up until 40, had a sexual obsession. We're constantly engaged in sex. And, you know, sex was on their brain all the time. Now, I have a few ideas as to what the problem is. And that is we are too distracted in life. You know, we're being distracted by politics, which is always putting us in this very angry place. You know, feeling like everything is a threat. Everything needs to be responded to. And yeah, I know you probably heard my phone go off. Sorry about that. But, you know, we got politics going on, trying to disrupt our life, especially during an election year, all trying to engage in that outrage culture. But then we also got all of our electronics, right? Think about this, you know, years ago, you know, um, like for instance, you know, when I had, uh, was dating my wife and got married to my wife. You know, smartphones weren't really a thing, right? Facebook wasn't invented yet when I first started dating my wife. You know, it was MSN Messenger and chat rooms, right? We didn't have smartphones really. I mean, not like we have now. We had very rudimentary smartphones, but the most of us didn't get that. We just had regular you know, um, analog phones or, you know, first digital phones, you know, which were just the flip phones and text messaging was, you know, press the button multiple times to get to the letter that you wanted. You know, the, you know, there wasn't really all of this, 
noise going on in our lives. But what's going on right now? How distracted are we? We got smartphones with, you know, who knows how many apps everybody has on their phones, right? And all of them are just constantly sending notifications. Hey, check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Now, of course, you can go through and you can try and set it up to avoid the distractions by going, okay, I only want notifications from these particular apps. But, you know, if one of those apps is social media and it's a busy, you know, day for Twitter or a busy day for Facebook or whatever platform that you're on these days, you know, you could be having notifications going off all the time. Now, we used to be able to get around that a little bit, right? We used to just go, okay, you know what? I don't want to miss the messages, but I don't want them distracting me. Oh, I know. I'm going to put my phone on silence. But then what happened? Smartwatches. So now, even when we put the phone on silent, we get a message, you know, a notification. We don't even have to dig into our phones. It just vibrates on our wrist. Hey, notification. You know, we are so distracted in life that it's making it hard for us to be able to connect. And this is why you're getting survey results like this. It's why you're not getting, you know, as fulfilled in a relationship as, you know, maybe past generations or maybe as you did years ago, depending on your age. It's all of this distraction that is, you know, interfering with your sex life. You know, you start getting intimate and all of a sudden everybody's phone starts going off along with their smartwatches. It's kind of a distraction. It's kind of hard to set the mood. So maybe what you do on this, and this is something that I've gone through and I've implemented is, well, let me put it, uh, let me be more specific. This is for Android users. I don't know anything about how the iPhone operates. All right. So if you're an iPhone person, well, you'll have to see if there's anything similar, but at least for Android users, you know, built into the phone's operating system is a do not disturb, right? Where all notifications are suppressed. Now you might get a phone call, right? It will still go through to phone calls, you know, because you might need to pick up the phone, right? But as far as all other communications, all notifications from apps, all text messages, all of that ceases. You know, it doesn't come through. And the great thing is, is that you can set that for a specific time. So let's say, you know, I go through and I want to end all, you know, digital work, you know, all social media work, all you know, um, engagement on Facebook, Twitter, you know, and whatever for whatever, you know, account that I was working on, whether, you know, previously when I was doing politics, I'd do a lot of engagement with that, um, or my other podcasts and, you know, engaging with, uh, everybody on social media. But at certain, some point of the day, I need to stop, right? I need to stop, which means I need the notifications to stop. And so I have it set that at every day at this specific time, my phone goes into do not disturb mode. And then that do not disturb mode 
does not end until the specified time. And so it just automatically does that, which means the time I have set aside for family is my phones do not disturb time. And that way I'm not getting interrupted by all of these notifications. Now, this is something that I would suggest you do as well. When you have time set aside for you and your spouse, you know, or family time, make sure that you're, you know, that if you have that at the same time every single day or say, or every, you know, the same day of the week, every week, you go ahead and you set up your phone for that automatic do not disturb. That way you don't get that interruption and then you can build into the intimacy that will allow you to have more sex that you desire. Right? You're starting to see it here. Now, getting back into this, you know, one of these solutions that it gives, you know, is that you need to first identify where your discrepancies are. You know, you need to start incorporating your fantasies into your sex life. And then you need to start, you know, to have more sexual closeness uh, with your partner. You know, and you want to go through and ask these questions. Do you want more sexual closeness? Do you want to start incorporating fantasies? Do you want to start having sex more often than you currently do? You got to first figure out what is it about your sex life that you find, you know, unfulfilling. You know, where's the discrepancies at? Because once you identify the problem, that's the first part, is identify the problem. Identify the discrepancies. Identify the deficiencies. And only after you identify it, could you then go to start addressing it. Okay? Now, another solution for you. And this is a solution that, you know, gets brought up quite often for many situations in your relationship. You need to have a chat. You need to talk to each other about your sex life, what your fantasies are, what you're unfulfilled about in your sex life. You need to go through and have these conversations on a regular basis. You know, call it a, you know, a checkup. You know, you determine how often you need to check up with each other on how fulfilling your sex life is and what changes you need to make. But the point is, you need to have that conversation. And then, once you've identified the problems, had the conversations, you need to start finding a solution for your needs. And the solution is going to be individualized to your particular situation. Right? And how are you going to go about, you know, that solution and then implement it? Implement that solution. Make it happen. Uh, It's, you know, you, it's all about you having to first, you know, understand what the problem is and then engage in actions to change it, change your behaviors, change what is going on in your life. You know, you can't just keep doing the same things repeatedly and expect a different result. And you know what? Maybe, just maybe, one of the reasons why you know, we're talking about this survey or this study that was done about people having less than fulfilling sex lives 
Maybe it's because the problem might be a low libido, right? One of you may be suffering from a low libido, or maybe both of you are. Maybe it's not all about the distractions that are going on in life. You know, while that could be quite a possibility, it could be that one of you or both of you is suffering from a low libido. However, I would say that if you're stating that you want to have sex more than you have or more than you are, that you're not the one suffering from the low libido issue, but maybe your partner is. And you know what? There could be many reasons and many causes for having a low libido or for your partner having a low libido. And, you know, some of these, you know, issues may be more, you know, for women than for men as far as why you may have a low libido, but it could be equally applicable to men. All right. So I went off and I was trying to do uh, some research here, you know, on what are the major causes of low libido, because that is an issue. And I found here one that stated what the four reasons are for low libido or low sexual desire for women. And you know what? A lot of these are easy to overcome or to correct. Now, the first problem is going to be the most difficult to deal with, and that is hormonal imbalances. You know, if your hormones are out of whack, you know, uh, then you know, that could lead to low sexual desires. You're not getting the right, you know, chemical signals and the right, you know, estrogen levels in order to trigger the desire. And hormonal imbalances could be just a result or a symptom of another problem like PCOS. That is an issue that, you know, for women affected by it, you know, often have low libidos, low sexual desires. You know, their hormones are completely out of whack and they may not ovulate, which is why they, you know, have such low sexual desires. And so getting your hormones back into balance, and by the way, men can suffer from hormonal imbalances as well. And so getting those back into balance, you know, will help you with your sexual desire so that you'll want to increase the amount of sex you have with your partner so that your partner doesn't feel sexually left out in the cold, shall we say, you know, they don't feel, you know, sexually pent up because they just can't convince you to start engaging in sexual activities. Now, on the flip side, if certain hormonal imbalances can end up with an overactive libido, you know, the strong wanting to have lots and lots of sex. And the worst situation for a couple to be in is for both of you to have hormonal imbalances where one of you, you know, it results in low libido and the other one, you know, a hyperactive libido. That's going to create conflict. So making sure your hormones are in balance would definitely be something that you want, you know, to check on and, you know, address. Now, one of the most common no, absolutely the by far the most common reason for low libido is stress. When you're stressed out, you don't really think about sex. You can't think about sex. You know, it, it's one of the last things on your mind. 
right? Because you're thinking about what's going on. You just can't relax. You can't get into the mood. You know, and stress can come from a variety of sources. You know, it could be from, you know, work, what's going on at work. You're under a bunch of tight deadlines. You're putting in a lot of hours just to try and keep up, right? That is one area of stress. Or maybe there's stress when you get home. You're unable to relax and unwind because you get home and, you know, kids are screaming all over the place. You know, they're rowdy. They're constantly fighting with each other. You get home and you realize that you got a lot of other things to do because maybe you have a side hustle uh, that you uh, deal with, right? So you, you got a lot of stress there, or maybe there's stress with your partner, you know, um, or maybe just added stress. Maybe it's stress from multiple areas. You know, work is stressing you out. And then the fact that your partner, you know, is trying to engage with you sexually, you know, and you don't have, you know, the desire. And so that's causing stress and conflict and everything else. And so the stress just keeps compounding. Luckily, stress is also the easiest thing for you to fix and to deal with, or the second easiest thing for you to deal with. You know, so what are some of the things that you can do to deal with stress? Exercise. Exercise is a great stress reliever. Get out and go for a walk. Go for a run. Lift some weights. Heck, run on a treadmill. Do jump rope. Anything. Exercise is great stress relief. And can really help you regain a lot of your libido back. Another thing is just meditation. You know, I I know the phones are a distraction, but there's also good apps out there to help you, you know, get into meditation, meditative state, you know, to relax your mind, for let the worries of the day go away, and for your mind to just relax and recharge. You know, it's one thing to recharge your body. It's another thing to let your mind relax and recharge. And some of you, you know, the issue could be insomnia, you know, lack of sleep, because your mind never rests, never recharges. And so you have a lot of sleepless nights. And lack of sleep can cause issues with your libido, right? Because you're just too tired, too drained. You just don't have the energy. You know, and your partner can tell that you don't have the energy. You know, so stress, you know, causes low libido and it can compound into other issues such as lack of sleep, which will really kill your libido. And there's also kind of a catch 22 here, right? Because sex can give you a lot of exercise and stress relief and get you to a relaxed state if you orgasm to being able to get a good night's sleep, you know, for your mind to just, you know, clear itself, you know? So sex can be the solution, but the catch-22 is you're not in the mood for sex. And if you're not in the mood, it's going to be hard to reach orgasm, at least for women. You know, for men, you know, the situation is a little bit different. Because a man's orgasm doesn't shut down parts of our brains, you know, which is very interesting. You know, maybe it's just a myth, right? But I've always heard that when women have, you know, intense orgasms, you know, it kind of 
goes through and kind of temporarily shuts down parts of the brain and almost allows it to reboot, which, you know, I guess makes sense because a woman's brain never shuts off. It's constantly going. It's constantly connecting everything to emotions and feelings. A guy, a guy doesn't need an orgasm to shut our brains off. And some of you women are out there going, you don't turn your brains on enough, right? But we can go to the empty box, you know, a state where we can just sit in complete silence, staring at something without a thought in our head, right? And that is kind of our way of, you know, clearing out the memory and rebooting the brain so that we can deal with what's going on in life so that we can go ahead and address the problems and try to figure out, okay, this is what's stressing us. And this is what we need to do to resolve that particular situation. Right? And so, you know, stress, lack of sleep, you know, exercise and wearing yourself out and being able to sleep along with some meditation could go a long ways towards restoring your libido. All right. Now, another problem is that could be killing your libido is that you're just unhappy or unsatisfied in the relationship itself. Right. That could always be a problem that, you know, you're having problems in the relationship. You know, you're, you know, arguing, there's some conflict, you know, maybe it's a money fight, maybe it's something else that's going on. And because of that conflict, you don't have that sexual desire for your partner because you feel angry at them or you just something about what's going on in your life is annoying you. They're doing something that you know, you completely do not like. And because of that, it's causing you to not, you know, to really kind of get into maybe a place of resentment or a place where you don't feel like your emotional needs are being taken care of. Therefore your physical needs, you know, are diminished, you know, you know, almost dead. You know, that's all a possibility, right? That's all things that go on. I mean, there's a lot of things that go on day to day in our lives. Why? Because we are people. We are, you know, beings that have, you know, logical and emotional brains, you know, higher brain function and then the reptile brain, right? And we got all these conflicts that are going on inside of us. And then we have perceptions, whether or not those perceptions are true that are all interfering and, you know, we could have, you know, transference where we're angry with somebody at work. I I know this used to happen to me. You know, we're angry with somebody at work, but we can't do anything. We have no release for it. So we get home and we kind of transfer that anger onto our spouse. And then we have low libido. And then that just makes us even crankier. Right. You know, the, the, not getting that sexual release that our bodies actually need in order to maintain, you know, good functionality, good physical and mental health. Now, so here are what some of the reasons for low libido is and what you can do about it. 
Another issue that may be affecting your libido is the fact that you have unfulfilled sexual desires, right? That's always a possibility and that you're stressing yourself out trying to figure out how to communicate with your partner in a way that, you know, doesn't, that they won't take the wrong way in a way that does not offend them somehow, you know, and what you got to realize about that when it comes to communicating with your partner, you know, it's much less, it matters much less what you say than how you say it, right? You got to make sure that you are very diplomatic in how you go about communicating with your partner. You know, don't just go, you never do this. And I always wanted you to do this. Why don't you do this? All right. Rather than, Hey, you know, I kind of had this fantasy that I want to know if you'd be willing to try. Right. You understand that those are two different ways to communicate your needs. So how you say it is more important than what you say. And there are ways in which you can start communicating more in the bedroom, right? And getting more vocal with it. And, you know, there are, there's steps that you can go through if you're not comfortable yet vocalizing your sexual desires and wants in bed and then being able to progress along to full communication. You know, so for instance, just start with some sounds, right? You know, uh, you know, whether that be grunting or moaning, you know, depending on, you know, which one of you is listening to this, you know, just kind of start with sounds, letting them know that that is pleasurable, that you like what is being done, right? Getting noisy. I, one of the things that, you know, is definitely a mood killer is when one of you acts like dead wood. And that is dead wood is, just laying there silently and still, right? You need to be active and vocal in bed. That's always when sex is the best. So if you're not comfortable with that, I mean, just start off with some sound, some little moans, some grunts, you know, whatever. And then, you know, you start going off and, you know, with words, you know, and make sure they're words of affirmations, you know, words like, yes, right there. Just like that, you know, something that when you feel the right spot being hit and it is feeling good, just make a quick vocalization that that is what you like and that's what you want. Right. And then you can start getting into more, you know, complex words and you know, keywords uh, that you may want to do, you know, maybe you will start getting into a little bit of role playing and you start going, have I been bad? You know, I want to worship you. Yes, sir, madam, master, mistress, or whatever it is that you're doing, right? You can go through and you can figure out what word and word combination works best for you, works best in your relationship. And you can even go through and before you start having sex, you know, kind of get into maybe, you know, talking, you know, and telling a story about what it is your fantasy is, you know, what you have fantasized about doing and before, you know, and tell that story so that you, you know, and going in, both of you know what it is that you want to do and what you want to try. 
If you're going to be engaging in something for the first time and you're not sure how it goes, maybe you set up a safe word and then you use those safe words. You know, communication, you know, is needed in high degrees, both in and out of the bedroom in order for you to have very happy, healthy, and fulfilling marriages and sex lives. And you know what? As it goes through, there may be additional obstacles for you to, you know, engage more in communication in the bedroom. Or maybe, you know, other issues that are going on that are causing low libido issues. And one of those could be you feel ashamed about something. You know, maybe you were raised to feel that certain aspects of sexuality were to be shameful. You know, things that you shouldn't engage in. Or maybe, maybe there is something that you've done in your life that you feel ashamed of and you're not able to let go of it, you know, and you're letting it wear you down, you know, self-guilt, you know, and you're punishing yourself for whatever reason. Now, you need to figure out how to deal with that shame and, you know, realize that, hey, we've all made mistakes and then move past it and be able to escape the you know, cycle of shame into a cycle of love, you know, love for yourself and love for your partner. You know, and so there are, you know, basically steps that you can go through in order to, you know, get out of feeling ashamed of something that is interfering in your relationship. All right. So the first step to any problem out there, any problem that you have, is to first admit the mistake, admit the problem, own it, right? Own it, recognize, I mean, don't go off and try and dilute yourself. You know, that's not going to lead to any positive changes. No, instead, you got to go off and admit what it is that you feel ashamed about, what it is that you may have done in the past that is holding you back. You know, own your mistakes. They're your mistakes. You know, you're the, you know, so, you know, go off. Don't be ashamed of what you've done. It's your past. It's what led you to being the person you are today. Right. So own the mistake. Then, then you need to reflect upon it, you know, to understand what the reasoning behind it was, you know, understand what your motivation was, what was driving you at that particular point in time. Because if you don't understand your motivations, you're not going to be able to, you know, recognize the signs of when a potential problem will arise again. So you got to go through and understand, you know, what drove you to do it. You know, understand what was going on, what your thought process was and what was going on in your life. So own it and understand why you did it. All right. Then you need to find compassion for yourself. You know, other people can forgive you if you had wronged them all they want. But unless you learn how to be able to forgive yourself, you'll never move past it. You'll never be able to get anywhere and get your life back. You know, you got to be able to forgive yourself. Now, I I know I'm talking in some generalities because there's like a billion different examples of things that you might have done that, you know, has weighed on your mind, making you feel guilty. 
All right. So yes, this is a little bit in generalities, but this works in pretty much almost every situation. All right. And then you just got to, you know, learn from the mistake and change your behavior. You know, you got to, you know, you can go through all these steps, but if you don't change and you keep making the same mistakes over and over and over and over and over again, well, then, you know, you're only going to continue to compound, you know, that guilt, compound that shame, you know, and for some of you, we would call this self-sabotaging behavior. You engaging in behaviors and activities that makes you miserable because you don't think that you deserve to be happy, right? And if you don't deserve to be happy, well, you're going to find ways to sabotage yourself like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then, you know, you can go out there and help others by sharing your story. You know, what was it, you know, that you did that made you feel bad, that was interfering in your relationships, you know, that was interfering, you know, your friendships, your marriage, your sex life, you know, what was it that was just making you unbelievably miserable and driving you to most likely make the people around you miserable? You got to share that, right? And then once you start engaging in this, then it's a lot easier for you to start communicating in the bedroom. It's a, it's a lot easier for you to communicate where there are deficiencies in your marriage and being able to talk about it and also being able to understand the motivation and maybe work through, you know, what it was that drove you to do something. You know, if it was stress, okay, engage in stress relieving activities. You know, if it was, you know, a bout of insomnia, figure out how to get more sleep. You know, if it's hormonal imbalances, you know, you might only find that out by going to the doctor, you know, and figuring out whether your hormones are out of whack or not. You know, so all of this, all of this relates to, you know, where we started at. And that is how many people out there have less than fulfilling sex lives because they're not engaging in the amount of sex that they want, you know, actually want to have or in the sexual fantasies that they desire. Okay. So that's it uh, for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please leave me a rating and review so other people can find the show as well. Thank you so much, and I will be back again soon.